Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, July 6th, and we start with local news. Hundreds of families celebrated the 4th of July annual fireworks show at Murray County Park on Tuesday, dressed in their red, white, and blue best, spread out on blankets, truck beds, or in cars, trying to secure the best view. Some newcomers attended the community event for the first time, while others clocked over 20 years attending the celebration. Angie Osborne, a Columbia native, attended with her family, including Langston Brady, three years old, who enjoyed playing on the grass ahead of the big event. I've been coming for 20 years. When the kids were growing up, we'd grab a spot at the grills, cook out, and make a day of it. Lay on the grass and watch the fireworks, Osborne said. The O'Brien family has also attended the fireworks show for at least seven years. Even though most of their eight children are now grown, they've enjoyed the memories made over the years. We moved here so my daughter could attend Mount Pleasant, which has an arts program, Deanna O'Brien said. We love Columbia and coming out to see this show every year. Father Emmanuel Jones used the opportunity at the park to teach his two sons, Roman, age three, and Messiah, age six, how to throw a baseball with their brand new baseball gloves for the occasion. The family moved back to Columbia from Murfreesboro to be closer to the children's grandparents. Columbia has really grown, Carsonia Jones said, who moved with her family to Columbia from Detroit when she was a teenager due to the General Motors plant. Although the prediction of rain threatened to stop the show, the weather held out for the 9 p.m. performance, delivering its usual red, white, and blue fireworks spectacle. News of the Mule House music venue's current move toward filing for bankruptcy has made waves through Columbia and the surrounding community, leaving many people wondering about the future of the popular establishment in downtown Columbia. Originally, the Mule House had planned to hold a liquidation auction seeking new investors to take a stake in the business. However, the June 26th auction was ultimately canceled once founders Blair and Eric Garner decided the best decision moving forward would be to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. While this gave a glimpse into what's been happening behind the scenes, it was only a fraction of the real Mule House story, according to founder Blair Garner. Garner said, well, word like bankruptcy might conjure all kinds of thoughts and speculation. It could ultimately be just a chapter in the Mule House's story for many years to come. Ultimately, with little details, Blair's message to Mule House patrons and future patrons amid the response to the impending filing is, hold on. There's a lot of smoke in the air right now, which can seem really disturbing, Blair Garner said. So much of that smoke was created by the fastest mode of transportation known to man, the gossip bandwagon. Yes, it's the fastest, but it's also the least reliable, he said. Though Garner didn't go into too much detail regarding the decision to file for bankruptcy, other than there was an issue with the bank we weren't able to resolve, he said the solution moving forward will require a combination of hard work community support, and prayer. With his guiding hand, he has led us to an incredible plan for moving forward. He has even provided us with the financial backing to fully execute that plan, Garner said. We're merely using our time out to finalize the necessary paperwork. In the end, the Mule House will now realize its full vision at a greatly expedited pace, he said. Garner added that he and Eric will remain the Mule House owners during this time and beyond. Blair insists that shows will go on in the present and future, including most recent bookings, he says, are exciting, like country music icon Tanya Tucker. 
Most recently, the Mulehouse announced Tanya Tucker will be performing a special Kiss Breast Cancer Goodbye concert on Sunday, October 1st, benefiting the Susan G. Komen Foundation. Other upcoming Mulehouse events include First Fridays After Dark on July 7th, Vinyl Radio on July 8th, Laurel Canyon Band celebrating the music of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young on July 13th, followed by Resurrection, a journey tribute on July 14th. July will then wrap up with country hitmaker Tracy Bird on July 22nd and the Beatles tribute band Forever Abbey Road on July 28th. For a full schedule of upcoming events or to purchase tickets, visit www.themulehouse.com. Hospital leaders at Murray Regional Health are requesting an increase in funding of ambulance services due to community growth. According to a letter to the county penned by Murray Regional Medical Center CEO Dr. Martin Cheney, the current agreement between the hospital and the county allocates $600,000 per year for ambulance services, according to the letter, but the hospital's needs exceed those funds. According to the county commission's one-month extension of services approved June 20th, Last December, Murray Regional Medical Center provided notice to the county that they would not continue its current contract with the county, stating instead an intent to renegotiate terms prior to any contract renewal. At a May 1st Health and Environment Committee meeting, County Finance Director Doug Luconin requested an extension to the Murray Regional Ambulance contract to push negotiations forward. We've been hard at work negotiating with Murray Regional on that, Luconin said in May. I talked with Dr. Cheney, and in order to continue service, they would be fine extending our current agreement up to three months. Luconin suggested in May that the extension be for one month in order to facilitate an expedited resolution. The one-month extension to its agreement with Murray Regional Medical Center was based on the ambulance contract that began in 1996. The yearly funding allocation portion for the ambulances has been set at $600,000 since 2009 and the contract was originally set to expire July 31st based upon the initial extension approved by the Budget Committee. The additional extension passed at the recent commission meeting moved the July 31st deadline to provide continuity of county ambulance services until August 31st, while negotiations are ongoing. Currently, July 6th is the date set for a request for proposal from Murray Regional Medical Center, wherein any specific new costs would be presented. In the event that a new contract agreement is not reached with the county, the county would be placed in a position of seeking bids from third-party ambulance services to continue that arm of its emergency services, according to Dr. Cheney. We will respect the decision made by the county, Cheney wrote. Should that mean another entity will be providing ambulance service, we are committed to making that transition as seamless as possible, Cheney said in the letter. Dr. Cheney further underscored the need as required by state law to continue funding the services currently offered. Citing increased losses of Murray Regional Medical Center ambulance operations, Cheney said costs have far exceeded revenue received. Dr. Cheney projected Murray Regional Medical Center loses an excess of $4 million, in part due to investment in new ambulances for the community. Like organizations across the nation, we are also feeling the impact of inflation and increased supply cost, Cheney writes. Additionally, the cost to replace an ambulance for Murray Regional Medical Center would be $250,000 per vehicle, according to Cheney's statement, with an average of two high-mileage ambulance replacements annually. District 8 Murray Commissioner and member of the EMS Ambulatory Service Committee, Gabe Howard, stated that it is the county's desire to avoid a third-party ambulance service provider. 
We are committed to providing high-quality emergency medical services without burdening our citizens with a significant property tax increase, Howard wrote in response to Cheney's letter. Howard acknowledged the static state of annual funding for EMS, saying a review is warranted. In light of the July 6 RFP deadline, it is important to find a solution that balances community needs with the financial realities of providing essential services, Howard said. The EMS Ambulatory Committee was formed with a specific task to address the contract and is currently working with Murray Regional Medical Center to draw up final plans. The city of Spring Hill broke ground on its future Spring Hill Police Headquarters on Monday, June 26th. The 60,000-square-foot building will be located on Hathaway Boulevard off of Port Royal Road in Spring Hill. Construction is anticipated to take place over the next 20 months. The Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Aldermen approved the $37,500,000 project in their March meeting. Thank you, citizens, very much, because we truly believe in you, and we truly know that this is what you want, and this is what Spring Hill needs, Mayor Jim Hageman said. Murray County's Regional Planning Commission continued its ongoing efforts to update the Unified Development Plan with a lengthy discussion on rural development last week. At a work session on June 29th, the selected subcommittee worked for ways to balance the continuing growth in Murray County with a desire to maintain the rural feel in unincorporated areas of the county. Much of the discussion centered on redefining the current zoning designations of areas in the county. The county's zoning ordinances were adopted in 1985, and while they have been amended since then, those amendments have made the current code difficult to interpret at times, according to MurrayCountyUnifiedDevelopmentPlan.com. In addition, the county's subdivision regulations have, been, have not been significantly updated since 2009. Building Director Robert Calderero indicated after the meeting that planners were hoping to have their tasks completed in the spring of 2024. All recommendations will have to be approved by the Planning Commission and the County Commission before taking effect. What are we trying to do now to enhance what we're doing now to make it better? That's what we're trying to sell, Vice Chairman Randall Webster asked the group prior to discussions. Committee member David Horwath presented the group with an option to combine the county's current agricultural forestry, or A1, into rural residential, A2 and A2A, into one zoning district. Under current zoning, A1 requires residential lots to be at least two acres in size, while A2 allows for a one-acre residential lot. In preparing the presentation, Horwath said he took examples from Beaufort County, South Carolina, South Bend, Indiana, and Nolansville, Tennessee, to create proposed changes. We don't want it to feel like a subdivision going down Carter's Creek, and you've got a large lot. You want it to be traditional, historical, matching the feel, Horwath said. The committee agreed to recommend allowing one-acre lots in the newly defined district, which was given the name Residential Rural for purposes of the meeting. Chairman Harold Delk said he felt the smaller definition was appropriate, as most of the county falls under that definition currently. If we don't go down to one acre, we have taken away rights of a majority of the county. I think we've got to maintain that, Delk said. The newly defined residential rural district would, if ultimately approved, apply to single lots and would have a time limit between subdividing the property, lest it become subject to subdivision regulations. Those would be covered under two other proposed districts, which Horwath called Residential General and Residential Neighborhood. The committee approved recommendations for Residential General that would allow for large lot subdivisions, defined as no smaller than one acre. 
Residential neighborhood would allow for lots as small as one-third of an acre, but would also require that a defined portion of the property be preserved as green space. It's to give the developer options. You can put in more properties, but you have to give back something, or you have, or you can have bigger lots. I think we win on both ends, Webster said of the two subdivision proposals. This would effectively help protect the rural community, Calderero agreed. That's the only way we're going to protect Murray County. People are moving here because we don't have state income tax. People are going to move here by the groves because they can develop cheap, he said. The subcommittee will meet again on July 13th and July 20th to continue discussions on updates to the Unified Development Plan before presenting its current ideas to the full Regional Planning Commission at its July 24th meeting. Muletown Bearded Axe, the first axe-throwing center to open in Columbia, celebrated its grand opening on Thursday, June 29th. Those in attendance, including members of Murray Alliance, Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder, and Columbia Vice Mayor Randy McBroom. Located on Riverside Drive, owner Joshua Raines purchased the property two years ago after the closing of Frank's Market, a former grocery and bait shop. We looked into reopening a general store, but after doing the math, it didn't quite make sense, Rain said, who opened the business alongside his parents, sisters, and fiancé. Rain said the idea to turn the newly purchased property into an axe-throwing center came about during a family dinner. We wanted to bring more entertainment here to Columbia. My family was having dinner and asked what's going to add the most value to Columbia and how we can help out the community, he said. That's how we came up with axe-throwing. Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder expressed his excitement over the new business in town. These are popping up all across the country, and now Columbia, Tennessee can say we are home to one as well. It's just another indicator among indicators of positive direction and growth that you see in the city of Columbia, Mulder said, noting the number of ribbon cuttings the city has had this year. Axe throwing has become a popular form of entertainment over the years. The sport involves throwing an axe at a target and earning points, depending on where it lands, the center, of course, being the bullseye. Milltown Bearded Axe is open Wednesday and Thursday from 4 to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday from 2 to 11 p.m., and Sunday from 2 to 10 p.m. The Recreation Center takes both walk-ins and reservations and is located at 903 Riverside Drive in Columbia. A $4 million purchase uh, by the school system of land near Carter's Creek Road for construction of a North Columbia Elementary School received somewhat begrudging approval from the Murray County Commission at its June 20th meeting. The purchase was approved by a 14-4 to vote with one abstention after commissioners raised concerns over traffic flow in the area and the cost. Honestly, I'm feeling bullied that we can't have discussion, that we can't have a good conversation about our constituents that are reaching out to us, that are concerned about light safety, public safety, fiduciary duty, said Commissioner Gabe Howard. We are a funding body. We don't want to be the micromanager of the school's budget, but we're sitting here having a funding conversation. I'm already getting calls from the neighborhoods behind that property, added Commissioner Cindy Hessler. I think anything near that can open or bridge, it's going to make a lot of kids late, and there's going to be a mess if you do anything there, she said. Finance Director Doug Laconan pointed out that Murray County Schools has the funding in place, and a lack of approval by the commission would likely lead to an audit finding from the Tennessee Comptroller's Office. The school board has already voted this through. They're going to do it. They've got everything lined up, Laconan said. If we don't amend the budget, expenditures exceed budget, he said. A vote to kill this does not kill this. We cannot stop this purchase, concurred Commission Chairman Eric Previtti. 
We looked at just over 15 properties. I think if I would have brought you any property, there would have been an issue, stated Superintendent of Schools Lisa Ventura. We all know the locations where the schools need to be built. We would be remiss if we built a school and have to transport kids 45 minutes to it, she said. Ventura said the shape of the property would allow designers to place a long driveway at the new school, keeping traffic off Carters Creek Road. The commission also signed off on the county's 2023-24 budget, which tops $244 million between the county and the school system. Unlike last year, this budget contains no increase in property taxes, which will remain at $1.91 per $100 value of assessed property. Commissioners will meet again in July to give the budget final approval after public notice is made in the local newspaper, as required by state law. The county also gave its blessing to a proposal by Spring Hill to provide $55 million in tax incremental financing, or TIF money, to Brentwood-based developer Southstar for the development of the crossings. A previous study by the Younger Group, an economic development research firm, predicted the development, which is expected to include a United States Tennis Association regional headquarters, which will bring in multi-millions of dollars in annual tax revenue. Commissioners also approved payments of $50 per meeting to the members of the Regional Planning Commission. Also approved was a resolution approving the construction of Murray County's new Judicial Center at a cost of $33,740,982. That figure came in slightly less than the original estimate. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. John Thomas Buddy Fisher, age 95, passed away on June 30th. A funeral service for Mr. Fisher will be held on Thursday, July 6th at 1 p.m. at First Presbyterian Church. The family will visit with friends on Thursday from 11.30 a.m. until service time at the church, and again from 2 to 4 p.m. at 814 Academy Lane in Columbia. Oaks and Nichols funeral directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Mrs. Diane Martin Weatherford, age 79, died Sunday, July 2nd at her home in Franklin, Tennessee. Graveside services for Mrs. Weatherford will be held on Friday, July 7th at 2 p.m. at Glenwood Cemetery. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Mr. Wayne Kathy Delk, age 81, of Hermitage, Tennessee, went to be with the Lord on Wednesday, July 5th. Visitation for Mr. Delk will be on Friday, July 7th from 10 a.m. until time of the service at 11 a.m. in the chapel at Hermitage Funeral Home and Memorial Gardens, located at 535 Shoot Lane in Old Hickory, Tennessee, with Harold Delk officiating. Graveside services will be at 4 p.m. in the Delk Cemetery in Murray County, with Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home in charge of those arrangements. Mrs. Patricia Fay Ingram Holder, 68, a professional painter and resident of Pulaski, died Thursday, June 29th at Meadowbrook. A graveside service for Mrs. Holder will be conducted on Saturday, July 8th at 10 a.m. at Wilkes Cemetery. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Mrs. Shirley Jean Lane Cochran, 79, a retired CPA and resident of Prim Springs, died Thursday, June 29th at Life Care Center of Columbia. Funeral services for Mrs. Cochran will be conducted on Saturday at 6 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. The family will visit with friends on Saturday from 2 p.m. until service time at the funeral home. Graveside services will be conducted on Sunday at 12.30 p.m. at Polk Memorial Gardens. Mr. Robert Lee, Rob Elliott Jr., age 58, passed away unexpectedly on June 26th at his residence in Columbia. 
A celebration of life for Mr. Elliot will be held on Sunday, July 9th from 2 to 4 p.m. at the Southern Trace Steakhouse, upstairs in the Magnolia Room. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home is assisting the family with arrangements. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. He made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have partly cloudy skies today with afternoon showers or thunderstorms. The high will be around 90 degrees with light and variable winds. The chance of rain today, 40%. Tonight, we can expect a few clouds with a stray shower or thunderstorm possible. The low will be 69 degrees. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. 
Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. This is Bob Kessling with Pat Ryan. It's a beautiful day for digging. The backhoe operator has the engine running and is moving into position. He's heading for the ground. He's in there. Wait, there's a flag on the play. Let's get out of the field for the call from our official. Illegal procedure on the digging team. Oh, that penalty could cause a costly accident. That's right, Bob. He needs to call before he digs. There's underground utility lines that could be hiding just below the surface. Water, sewer, electrical, communication lines, and even natural gas. Avoid a penalty by first calling 811 to have any underground public utility lines located and marked with flags or paint. It's free, it's easy, and it's the law. For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association, funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Tennessee gas prices fell another four cents on average ahead of the 4th of July holiday. The Tennessee gas price average is now $3.07, which is 12 cents less expensive than one month ago and $1.36 less than one year ago. Tennessee gas prices averaged $4.42 per gallon on July 4th of 2022, a record high for the holiday. Today's state average is $3.07, which is, as I said, $1.35 less expensive than what drivers were paying for last year's holiday. Gas prices are continuing to trend less expensive, which is welcome news for those traveling, And said Megan Cooper, spokeswoman for AAA. You can visit the Tennessee AAA newsroom to view the full 2023 Independence Day holiday travel forecast. Quick facts about gas prices. 49% of Tennessee gas prices have prices below $3. The lowest 10% of pump prices are $2.84. The highest 10% are $3.46. Tennessee is the third least expensive market in the nation. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Murray Alliance has teamed up with Title Associates of Columbia and Remax Encore to join in the fun and excitement that is Columbia First Fridays, and on Friday, July 7th, they will be hosting a West 6th block party. This month, they're featuring musical guest Carlisle Wright, a young singer-songwriter from the area. There will also be plenty of food trucks, giveaways, business pop-ups, and more. Murray Alliance welcomes you to stroll down West 6th Street from 5 to 8 p.m. and come say hi, order food, and enjoy the music and camaraderie. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.